So this coronavirus thing is insane. So I guess there is no time like the present to be the one millionth person to start a podcast during quarantine. Without further ado, I'd like to say hi everyone, and welcome to It's Only Sex Mom, a podcast where we talk about the science, anthropology, sociology, and psychology of sex. Don't worry, as intense as that may sound, I want to keep this podcast both informative and easy to follow. I'm going to be taking different topics and creating series where each episode centers around a different aspect of that topic, because if there's one thing that we all know is that sex is complicated, so I don't want to overwhelm you with impossibly long, rambly episodes. Just to put it out there, I'm not an expert on any form of social science. I'm what I like to call an amateur sociologist. I became interested in this subject matter and figured I should do something with all the information I get from what my friends like to call my sexy sex books. With that being said, I wanted to start off with a series where we discuss virginity, a topic that is such a part of our culture that it's usually turned into a game at parties of whose first time was the most awkward, the most painful, or the most enjoyable. Today's episode is an attempt to define what the term virgin really means. We claim that we can spot one, there are a lot of stereotypes associated with the word, and yet it's one of the hardest words to really come up with a concrete definition for. Though it seems like we throw it in everyday descriptors like extra virgin olive oil or virgin hair. When you think of the word virgin, what do you think of? I want you to take a second and maybe come up with your own definition, then dive with me on unpacking the question, what is virginity? I thought that I should start in the obvious and, I do admit, boring place of looking at the Merriam-Webster's definition. The dictionary defines virgin in five ways. A person who has not had sexual intercourse. A person who is inexperienced in a usually specific sphere of activity. An unmarried woman devoted to religion. An absolutely chaste young woman. And an unmarried girl or woman. Now, when we look at these five descriptors, we can see that they are very female-centered. This is because the root of the word comes from the Latin virago, which means maiden. If anyone out there is familiar with the zodiac signs, you'll know that the totem for the Virgo sign is a young woman. Virgin didn't enter into the English vocabulary until the 1200s, and it wasn't until around 1390 that it was used in tandem with the phrases to keep and to lose. The oldest definition of the word meant abstinence from or avoidance of all sexual relations, and bodily chastity especially as adopted from religious motives. Now, these definitions, though not dedicated to one gender, was definitely aimed towards describing women. Virgin was usually used to describe girls, whereas chastity was the word used when referring to men. This had the implication that women were naturally frigid and men had to work to suppress their sexual desires. I think this definitely carried through in today's definition of virginity, chastity, and celibacy. Virginity as we see it today is a state of being, whereas chastity and celibacy are intentional abstinence from sex. As we look at the influence of the word virginity and the intense weight it put on women, we see it stems from what anthropologists like to call paternity certainty. They were encouraged to maintain their chastity until marriage because their husband needed to ensure that his heir was biologically his. 
This was so that he could pass down his finances and property to his rightful successor. Surprisingly enough, if we look at the history of women's purity until marriage, we see that early Christian societies were much more lenient in certain cases than one might think. In the 14th century, St. Augustine said that virginity existed in two forms, the physical body and the spiritual soul. This gave way to the opportunity to say that women who were raped were still technically virgins because their hearts were not willing in the act. As much as that doesn't really seem that lenient, I have had friends tell me stories of going to religious gatherings and having pious people say that they felt bad for girls who were raped because they could never get their virginity back. As if the loss of virginity in that situation was the thing to feel bad about. At the same time, the idea of purity of the soul also created a little more room for judgment and was thought to be more easily corrupted. The Monument of Matrons was a book written in the 1500s by Thomas Bentley whose purpose was to set an example of what virtuous women were like. In it, he said that virginity was soberness, silence, shamefastness, and chastity of both body and mind. This basically meant that your purity was also dependent on you not having dirty thoughts and being the docile woman that society expected you to be. Unfortunately, though, this idea of the unspoken and unseeable purity existed at one point, it wasn't long before people required some sort of proof. Unfortunately, though, this idea of the unspoken and unseeable purity existed at one point, it wasn't long before people required some sort of proof. Long before other Western cultures became obsessed with physical virginity, the Greeks were the first to develop methods for proving that you could see virginity on women's bodies. Other Western cultures soon followed with pseudoscientific methods of proof of virginity. The Italians were the first to discover the hymen in 1544. Stay tuned for more info on Our Lady the Hymen. She's getting an episode just for her. Even though in most Western societies it's not required to be tested for your chastity, we still are obsessed with trying to identify virgins. So much so that there is a video on YouTube that is a game that has people line up and someone has to guess whether or not they're a virgin. I truly want someone to tell me what they think a virgin acts or looks like. I'm sure a lot of men have this idea of the virginal character that they've been exposed to in porn. The young teenage girl with a high-pitched and slightly whispered voice who needs you to teach her what to do because she's never even looked at a boy before. The virgin boy is usually portrayed as the Justin Long in Dodgeball or Jonah Hill in Superbad character who is awkward and doesn't really know how to dress himself properly and who magically transforms into a well-put-together man after he's had sex. I don't know about you, but I know and have known a lot of virgins and none of them come close to either of those characters. Having sex for the first time is inconsequential to your demeanor and your choice of clothes. So, after all of my research and seeing the fact that we as a society have changed, but the way we define people hasn't, I had to sit and ask myself, why do we use a term that is so ancient that is primarily used to define women who are intended to only have sex after marriage to a man? Today's society is so much more open to different kinds of sexual experiences, so why do we still cling to such a restrictive word? In the book, Virgin and Untouched History, Hannah Blank talks about there being multiple types of virginity in the West. We have the default virginity, which is the purity we are born with, and what we have when we're children. 
This comes from Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud's idea that we are only truly sexual creatures after we go through puberty. We then have transitional virginity, which is what we intend to lose post-adolescence. And then there is lifelong virginity for people who have taken vows of chastity mainly for religious reasons. For me, the first and the third type are easy to visualize, but nowadays what does transitional virginity mean? I think to start to discuss a concrete definition, we should discuss what sex is. For all intents and purposes, if someone loses their virginity, it's because they've had sex with someone else, but we have so many ways to have sex and so many different types of sexual experiences that talking about what constitutes as sex is near impossible. We've either had sex or we haven't. The only term that we can allow for gray area is the French term demi-vierge, which are people who have had some sexual experiences but haven't crossed a line. What the line is is where things get a little funky. Unfortunately, that's where the weight of ideals from centuries ago comes back. It's easy to define sex as heterosexual penetrative sex because that's the most basic and the viewpoint that has been around since medieval Europe. The Christian society then thought only penile penetration resulted in the loss of virginity while masturbation and foreplay were characterized as corruption. I think this outdated Christian thinking applies to Christian teens who have done everything but penile sex because they don't consider that as really doing it. I think the most confusing Christian sex loophole I've heard of is definitely the rumored Mormons and soaking, but let's leave that for another time. But with all things considered, we've gained the knowledge that there are people who don't partake in penetrative sex and people who don't have sex with others that have penises. What about them? Where do they stand in the virginity loss dilemma? This always reminds me of the movie Chasing Amy where Ben Affleck's character is convincing his love interest, who identifies as a lesbian, that she's a virgin because she's never had sex with a penis. The part that's horribly wrong in that situation is not so much that the general definition of virginity is being made, but that someone else is imposing their definition on another. This way of thinking is something that we see in the real world as well. In 2004, the tabloid News of the World in the UK reported that an 18-year-old student called Rosie Reed was auctioning off her virginity. She had made an eBay auction that described herself as 18-year-old university student looking to sell virginity, never lost it due to lesbianism, will bung in free massage if you're any good, picture on request. There were more than two thousand men who ended up bidding on her who despite the fact that she stated that she was in a serious and we should assume sexual relationship with the woman these men still considered her a virgin the idea that a penis has to be involved so that someone is no longer a virgin is exclusive and bear with me i'm going to use the s word sexist women are able to take someone's virginity without penetrating them and women often like to be penetrated by sex toys that are not attached to a human not to mention the fact that there are gay men who don't like to participate in penetrative sex are they also considered virgins a lot of people in the queer community believe that the specific acts that constitute as virginity loss correspond to the person's sexual orientation so, with all things considered, I propose that we start doing something radical. Letting everyone define themselves as virgin or non-virgin, and deciding when their first sexual experience is. Believe it or not, you all have a right to define that. There is nothing, and no one, that can decide that for you. 
It's like if you've never tried a croissant before, and your first time eating it was at a streetcar. It was soggy, too greasy, and unsatisfying. But then you go into a beautiful French bakery, and one catches your eye. You decide, what the hell, I'll give it another go. You bite into it, and the flakes just crunch and melt in your mouth. This is when you truly have tried a croissant, and you are never going back. Something tells me that's not the first time someone's compared sex to a croissant, but I digress. I'm going to admit that before I started doing research on this topic, I defined the word virgin the same as the dictionary's first definition, but I've since changed it. I highly recommend reading Crozier's collection of stories called Losing It. Each story is a person's personal account of the first time they had sex. It's a little outdated having been published in the 90s. There's a lot of talk about the AIDS epidemic, which is less a focus these days, but it's worth a read. One story really stuck with me. In it, a man who identifies as gay told the story of the first sexual experience he had as being cold and that the person who he'd had sex with really just used him to release sexual frustration. He said that the moment he really felt he lost his virginity was when he first had sex with his college boyfriend. In his story, he tried to define what virginity was. Like me, he looked to the dictionary and found the definitions that I did and didn't relate because he wasn't a woman. He decided to come up with his own definition, and since reading his story, it's become the one I now use. Virginity. Noun. A feeling of fear that causes a person to feel he or she will be alone in life, or that emotional and physical union with another person is impossible. Only recognizable after loss. Thank you guys for listening. The next episode will be a continuation of the Virginity series, so stay tuned. If you guys want to take a look at the books and other sources I use during my research, go ahead and check out iosmpodcast.com. Every episode has its own page with a bibliography for your reference pleasure. I hope you guys go out there and break down those awkward walls and start talking about sex with people you're close to because... The start of healthy sex is learning about it. See you guys in the next one.